You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Today's guest, it's his second time coming in here. And uh, man, this guy, I don't know, he reminds me of like the incredible, um, incredible, uh, he reminds me actually of a little bit like the dad from The Incredibles, I think. I was going to say Incredible Hulk, but he's more evolved than that. He is retired Navy SEAL author and host uh, of the Jocko podcast, uh, my friend Jocko Willink. That's the thing about a lobster, man, is really the travel cost. People don't think about that when they see them. Mm-hmm. People don't think about the travel costs that have gone into getting that bastard, running it back and forth. And mm-hmm. Dude, they have a new thing now where they'll have a um, skill crane, which is like, you know, a thing the kids put the money in and mm-hmm. they can, you know, do the yeah. control. Yeah. And you can get a lobster out. And you try to win the lobster like it's at. For real? Yeah. And it's usually at like a shitty bar or something. It's not even like. For a, real? Yeah. So I spent like $9. They have one over the airport. I spent about $9 trying to get a lobster. Yeah. And then here's the thing. I finally got one. Oh, I had you to go, got one? Yeah, I had to catch my flight. So I was like, fuck. What would you do with it? Throw it back in? I had to throw it back in. Yeah, I was like, well, shit, I can't. You know, I can't check this lob, bro. So. Oh, we got yeah. go. a couple different flavors now. This one's yeah. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, huh? yeah. This one you'll end up in black. You know, if you have too you, many you want to know why, because it's really a pee. Oh, really? Like that's the flavor, but I can't, you know, Jocko can't be calling something pina colada, right? Be yeah. a little bit. A little shocked. A <laughs> little man. bit. Little, not what we're looking for. A little shocked. You know, you've already came out okay, of the colada. You just call it Tropic Thunder yeah. and you're good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> do people, when they meet you, expect you to be kind of violent? Do you feel like? The funny thing is, people meet me and they're like, you're a lot. You're a lot. I'm, I'm 5'11. People meet me and they're like, I, I thought you were a lot taller. Really, it's and, a... and then they and then yeah, so they they think I'm taller because I'm only five eleven, mm-hmm. and they think I'm going to be in black and white because I always take pictures in black and white. That's yeah. kind of a joke, but no, I mean so that's what I think people. I, I think when they finally come up to me, you know, I'm pretty laid back. You yeah, know? I'm not I'm not going crazy all the time. Right, some of the time. Yeah, but not all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel like that you whenever you started? Um, podcasting really Mm -hmm. because so many people love your show do you feel like that in the beginning you were different than you are now like it's that you were more of an entertainer like i'm just wondering what that journey's been like for you at all honestly no i don't feel like i'm any different 
I, I, I'm just doing the same kind of stuff I've always been doing. I've always been doing what I'm doing, what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's just that now there's like a window to it for people to see what's going on and see it kind of the life through my eyes. Right. You know, and I, I don't, it's hard. You can't, you, you know, the deal, you can't be someone else on a podcast for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of talking. You yeah. can't play a role. You know, you just you, eventually the real you is there. And right. so for me, I've just always kind of been, that's just me. You know, yeah. that's just me. Do you, um, do you still, do you find as you get in a little bit, you know, I know that Jocko doesn't age, but you know, if you looked at a calendar, you've been alive longer than you were mm-hmm. last time I saw you. It was maybe a year and a half ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. You were one of our first guests, I think actually, Nick, wasn't he? He was very early on. It was over a year ago, but... Uh, we were nervous, bro. <laughs> I remember calling my insurance provider. And just let, no, I even sent him a picture, a yeah, screen grab. Good call. I said, yeah. this guy... Like, this yeah. guy's coming. I said, if I make him angry, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, dude, Could be the knows? end. This guy's been drinking his own plasma, I think. <laughs> um, uh, fuck, I forgot what I was even going to ask you, man. Oh, there you go. That's where you were talking about your memory. I was listening to your podcast today. You were talking about your memory failing quite a bit. Yeah, I think this. Bit- oh no, you were talking about your emotional memory, and that's why you keep making the same mistakes. mistakes all emotional the time. mistakes. Yeah. See, that's I. I think I have a good emotional memory. Really? Like locked. Wow. I remember what that feels like. I'm not doing that again. See, fuck. I, for some reason, <laughs> I forget. It's like it's yeah. It's like that kid with the stove. Kind of. It's like uh, yeah. I just don't. It's just like yeah. I find myself just running in the same circles. Um. Yeah, recently I've been trying to get a little bit more into uh, finding just motivation because mm-hmm. then at least I'm like active in mm-hmm. each. I'm t- been trying to get more active into each in my day each day. So then at least I'm like not just like playing from behind all day. I don't feel like you by know? active. Do you mean like some kind of physical activity, or just mean more proactive in the way you approach your day? Um, both actually. So more physical activity instead of just thinking like the second I think, okay, I should go for a gym, or I should go to the run, or I should, you know, set, get an appointment for a trainer. You know, I know you don't have a trainer, but no. um, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, you couldn't even imagine some soft man yelling at you with a whistle, dude. Um, but. But yeah, it's like I just go ahead and do it, and then and then just to try and approach this my day a little bit more like, just like okay, I want to do this. Yeah. I call that like going on offense instead of being on defense. You just go on offense. Yeah, I'm going to make some stuff happen. Uh, thinking about doing this, and that's a good attitude. When you think about something, thinking about doing it, just go do it. Yeah, don't even waste time thinking about even what you're going to do at the gym. Just go to the gym. You can figure it out when you get there. Or your trainer can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because my brain, man, it just, yeah, once it gets into my brain, that's where it's not good, you know? It's like when I'm in action, that's when, yeah, everything will work out usually okay as long as I get my action going, you know? So, yeah, for for recently it's just been just something that I, I guess I've been struggling with is just finding that motivation, so... But now I feel like I'm getting a little bit more like, all right, let's just go, you know, let's go, let's get in motion. And I know it, but sometimes it's like I'll have learned a lesson and then it'll just kind of fade away a little bit, you know, and then I'll have to, or, you know, the value, like the new practices I have in my life, sometimes they go by the wayside and it's like I have to kind of recalibrate. Yeah. Well, I always tell people you can't sit around waiting to f- until you're motivated to do something. Because yeah. if you sit around waiting until you're motivated to do something, who knows when that's going to come? It may come, but right. it may not come. Yeah, and it may only come twice a week. And if it's only coming twice a week, that's that's a lot less than you actually need. <laughs> so you don't wait. You don't wait. You just put put the discipline on. 
You know, you put the discipline on. Yeah. And when you wake up, you go do what you're supposed to do. And you, the, the crazy thing is, you speaking of emotional memory, you know when you get done, you're going to feel better. Like yeah. that's a guarantee. If you go to the gym and you get your workout in or you do whatever thing you know you're supposed to do, it's a guarantee that when you get done, you're going to feel better. So remember that emotion. Right. And, and put that thing into play so that you can actually, you know, yeah. get it done the way you're supposed to. Yeah, I wonder why then sometimes like I'll know that I'll know how to help myself and sometimes I still don't want to. That's the whole world, right? That's the whole world. Everyone, you know, what are you going to, who wants to eat the broccoli instead of the Twinkie, right? People are like, oh, they're going to eat the Twinkie. Everybody knows that it's bad for them, but they're just, I mean, what, you you ever been to a 7-Eleven? You know what I mean? What do they sell there? They don't sell broccoli there. No, they just sell candy, straight (laughs) sugar, mainlining sugar, corn syrup, get it in the veins. And people are, that's all day. That's what happens. Yeah. So it's, it's not like you're. You're different. You're in the same boat as everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's a good point. Like that's the boat you have to get out of. It's like, it's not like that's a, if you're behaving that way that you've been sentenced to that, that's the baseline. Yeah. Yeah. Did you no, no different than everybody else? Right. That's the baseline is that, yeah, it's not like I'm fuck, man. I'm not making great decisions for myself. Most people aren't. (laughs) Yeah. Most. That's why there's a difference between. When we do and when we don't, and 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 right and and, and kind of getting out of that, really, it's like a slumber. I feel like it gets into all. Once it starts to seep into one aspect of my life, it kind of starts to seep around. You know. Well, the good thing is, is when you put some discipline in your life, that seeps around too. Yeah. So when you start doing things right, you start doing more things right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's classic, right? You have one of those weekends where you're like, you know what? I'm just. I think I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna order a pizza. Oh well, yeah. Well, then, so you order that pizza, you mm-hmm. know from wherever gray block is that what we're talking you order order that gray block hitter (laughs) and you get the triple cheese and you get the meat whatever yeah and you're and so then you just dive into that thing Uh, and and what does that do well that kind of you think well since i did that i'm not even gonna go for a run tonight i'm just gonna kick back and then you know you just start going down that i'm gonna get ice cream i'm gonna do weed or something yeah Yeah. and then i'm not gonna watch my children i'm not gonna call my mom you know yeah i'm gonna sleep outside you know you're just like there you go that's how you it's a little decisions but when you say you're when you're like about to dial the number and then you say you know what no i'm just gonna make a make a salad right now and put a chicken in it and just eat that clean Mm. and then you get done with that you say you know i feel pretty good yeah i'm gonna go out and get a little run get a little run done get a run in yeah clean my fucking car that's what i'm talking about so that's what happens so the little decisions they build up so the the bad decisions build up so that's what happens now, that's not an excuse to say, okay, now I'm going to make 28 bad decisions in a row. Right. What it is, it's an indicator. Yeah. You say, oh, I just made one bad. Okay, stop. Reset. The pizza was good. Fine. Let's get back on the path. Let's right. do it now. That's a mistake that people make. Yeah. And, and it, by the way, that's a mistake that people can make for like nine years. I know, huh? <laughs> people will get into that. Keep ordering that pie, yeah, bro. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's funny. Um. I wonder as as especially uh, do you find as we get into more of like an automated um almost an automated humanity in a way do you feel like it's becoming harder for people to make good choices for themselves or they're up against like greater evils or do you or do you have do you ever have any thoughts like that or it's still I suppose there's some of them. I mean let's face it 
it's a lot easier to order a pizza than it is to go out and huck a spear at a yeah, damn at a fucking, buffalo. Or yeah, whatever, at a buffalo right? or a so, pepperoni. Yeah, 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 or yeah. Some banana peppers. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so th- that's definitely a difference. And it's and even today, I mean, you know, you live in L.A., I live in San Diego. You could pretty much get anything you want, anything into your house in maybe two hours maximum. Yeah. So if there's some evil food that you want to eat you you can get it and it's going to be delivered to your door so that even the resistance you know some people are like well you know i'd really like to have but i'm not going to go get uh, it yeah i'd really like have a chocolate donut right yeah. now but i don't want to go all the way to yeah, the store knows, so, so yeah. that maybe that maybe that saves some people now that that savior's gone because no, uh, now they're just they're just on their phone and they got chocolate donuts stacking up at the yeah. front door <laughs> like you read about yeah, yeah. so that could be a problem that could be a problem. Do you so so if that's starting to occur, then then there really is kind of becoming a line between if we're going to be strong enough to make choices for ourselves, or if we're gonna if we're gonna not, you know, like I, I, do you think that, or is that you think it's all it's just still the same? And there's always been like you know back in the day, maybe a duck would wander up to your door. You'd be like, oh, I'll never have any duck, you know. And then a fucking mallard lands, you know, on your welcome mat. And you're like, oh, you know. Yeah, I think we also, but I think we're more aware now of the effects, the negative effects uh, of this bad stuff, you know. Because let's face it, when I was a kid and I was thirsty, mm-hmm. probably the same as you. When I was a kid and I told my mom like I'm thirsty, she'd be like, cool. There's cokes in the fridge. Yeah, and I'd go drink three of them. Right. Like no factor. This was just what it was. Hey, I'm hungry. What am I going to eat? A Snickers bar. Yeah. That was they they had some little motto. Snickers satisfies. That was the motto. So, hey, remember payday bar? It was a health bar. Oh, it was a health bar. Yeah. I was like, hey, this is good for you, (laughs) which I didn't even really compute that because I was like, it's food, right? (laughs) Food's good for you. So so we're more aware. Like even my I got one daughter that's only 10 years old oh and she God. even she knows that she'll like look oh there's a ton of sugar in this. She's 10 years old. So wow. I think people are more aware. I mean, you know, m- my parents I, it wasn't them being bad parents. Right. It was just the, what was going on. But it was just what was going on. The the dang uh what were they called? Funny bones. Have you ever had a funny bone before? Uh-uh. It was like chocolate cup. It was like Look a, it up, Nick. It was kind of like a Twinkie Please. situation. But it was chocolate. It had chocolate draped over it. Damn. But then the inside was a was a creamy peanut butter filling. Ooh. So Ooh. you know you could just you could and, and it wasn't no God, thing. It sounds like the way I'd like to be buried. Actually, yeah, it's not a bad deal. At least throwing a couple in there in the coffin. Ooh, food, funny, funny bones, bones right there. Drakes. I couldn't remember that. Damn. So yeah, my mom would buy. You know, like they got the ten pack right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, my mom would buy like three of those and wow. just be, hey, what are you gonna have for what are you gonna have for breakfast? A funny bone, maybe three. (laughs) So I think even though there's some things that make it easier to be uh, less healthy nowadays, I think at least we're aware of it and we're not not mainlining Coca-Cola in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there is. Yeah, I remember, and and as kids would make that sound after, ah. After we drank it, it was like, that was like a big thing. But yeah, getting a Coke was, and your parents had Diet Coke, and you thought that was crazy. Yeah. Like, what fucking creepy senior <laughs> is sipping that shit? But yeah, so yeah, it's like. I the, actually, I th- I'm pretty sure I remember, I think I remember a world before Diet Coke. I actually, I, there was something called Tab. Oh yeah, you remember I've seen Tab? That. It was really, had a very strange that, font I on the I think that was the first kind of diet soda. Oh really? Yeah, I, th- that I can remember. Because I, 
Coke was just Coke. There wasn't any, anything else. It was just yeah. like, it wasn't Coke light and Coke everything else. It was just Coke yeah. with 97 yeah, grams of corn syrup per shot. Yeah. <laughs> Coke, yeah, and they're supposed to refresh you. That's insane yeah. when you think about that. Yeah, but that's how it was. But yeah, I guess I wonder if there was any positives to it. I mean, sugar's such a killer. Mm-hmm. Sugar's, how much, how much sugar is in this? Zero. Oh, really? Yeah, so what tastes good, What what's making your your sweetness yeah because i feel a little bit heated up is is that there's something called monk fruit in it Mm -hmm. which is religious now it's it's something not not very (laughs) religious it's something like you know eighty seven thousand times more sweet than sugar or something i don't know what the numbers but it's something like that so it's super sweet three times softer than cotton you mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but it's just it's a fruit and so we just put a little bit of that in there and it makes it taste sweet and it it Mm. tastes natural Mm. so yeah yeah it does pretty smooth that Mm mm-hmm so they're, they're all go. Is Jocko go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do your kids have to drink it or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's too much caffeine in it for a kid. There's 95 milligrams of caffeine oh, in it. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. So are you gonna go? Are you gonna go crazy now? I don't, watch want, out. I don't want to join the ROTC <laughs> or something this afternoon. No, it's like the same as a cup of coffee. Okay. So, would you guys? Um, did you do ROTC when you were uh, no, younger? No. Because that I remember there was this group at our school. It was like ROTC, and there was oh, yeah, all, for sure. nobody told us first of all what it was, right? Which is a huge <laughs> alarm because suddenly after school there would be these kids running around See, the school uh, yeah. with wooden guns, and you're like, yeah. "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah. For me. Uh, I wasn't into that part of the military. I wasn't into thinking, hey, let's march around. Yeah. I was into the commando stuff. So what I, I actually got in trouble on the on the soccer team because mm-hmm. I was r- leading runs and I was singing cadences. <laughs> and I remember getting in trouble for, you know, singing the cadence of... Uh, Ho Chi Minh is a son of a bitch, you know, <laughs> which <laughs> like, I was into that kind of thing. Were y'all you know? playing Ho Chi Minh? No, no, no. Oh, You're like, oh, it's a, it's a goal, it's a goal, not a foxhole. You're like everybody out of the goal. Yeah. So I, I but we didn't, even, we didn't even have ROTC in my school. I grew up in a really small town in New England. I think there was 85 people in my graduating class or oh, something wow. like that. Yeah, it's really small. So, so was it more the leadership then that you? Was it? I'm trying to figure out, like, kind of pinpoint what it was. And was it, bro? Do you remember when you were a little kid? Like, but pretending that a stick was a gun. Oh yeah, GI okay, Joe, that, all of that's that. That's it, man. That's it. And I, that was just a real strong feeling for me. Every kid, that's all we did. Yeah, most of the kids yeah. stopped doing that. Yeah, I didn't. Wow, <laughs> I didn't. And when people would, when people would look and say, "Oh, they fucking elbow crawling across the yeah. graduation people stage," see, people <laughs> see somebody walking around with a brief, briefcase when you're a little kid and be like, "Wow, that person like they're getting in a Cadillac." Like, whoa, that person's something like powerful, a banker or something, right? And I'd never had that thought. I only thought, whoa, that guy's got a machine gun or that guy's getting into a tank. Yeah. And that just was what I always wanted to do. Wow. That's so cool, I, So man. as you said, I just never stopped. Yeah. And, and, and here you are. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had so many uh, wonderful questions that came in. Um, I, I, I just want to get into some of them because they'll lead us into some conversation stuff, too. Uh, Sounds like you're out of... Good question. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, but people had so many good ones, dude. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was so really, really good. Do we look over there? Is that the deal? Yeah, we'll just look over here. Okay, yeah. Cool, cool. Hey, guys. Uh, Jason here. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, I do have a quick question, I guess, for the both of you. 
Um, I know in a few, I guess, a podcast ago, you guys are talking about how you got to keep your emotions right uh, and keep them under, you know, keep them under wraps, if you will. I'm doing my best. Um, I'm currently at 440 pounds. Uh, I was just diagnosed with severe sleep apnea, which I stopped breathing like 64 times an hour, which is insane. Jeez. I got my little machine now, so I'm getting that right. Trying to get my eating right with the keto and the whole good thing, but I've, I've had this peaks and valleys of how I've gone up and down with my weight, struggling with food. So I guess, you know, it might be a good person to ask, how do I keep my emotions in check? So I continue to make good decisions and how, how can I actually make this work? So I make a a lifestyle change forever mm-hmm. right thing guys gang gang have a good one gang bro and mm-hmm. a life you want to be able to live man i can't imagine that, but you'd almost feel trapped i think at that weight yeah yeah but i mean but it, motivated it, it, it sounds motivated yeah it'd be real easy to think hey you're trapped at that weight but man he's alive he's on the right path right now you know yeah. and i would say i always tell this to people you you can't let your emotions dictate what you're going to do. Well, it's kind of the conversation we just had. Because, I mean, if you think about it, motivation is really just an emotion. Yeah. Right? It's just an emotion. You feel really good and motivated. You can't let your emotions dictate your actions. Yeah. you you got to let your, your logic di- dictate your actions. And, hey, it's not going to feel good every day. I just, this morning, I, I, I didn't feel like working out. I was sore. I've been working out hard for the last few days. I did not feel like working out at all. And I went down there and... I went through the motions and, and you know what, you know, people say, you're just going through the motions. I was like, yes, I was, but that's better than not going through the motions. Cause I got down there. Right. I did the work. Right. It wasn't the best workout I ever had. No records were broken. Nothing was crazy, but I went down there and did what I was supposed to do. There was no motivation involved whatsoever. Zero. Right. I was unmotivated. I was motivated to, to, to just snuggle into bed. Yeah. But no, yeah, you got to get yeah, up. So, no, no, so don't no, let no. your don't let your emotions dictate it. And peaks and valleys. Guess what? That's what life is. Yeah, life. You're gonna have you're gonna have times when you feel good. You're gonna have times when you feel bad. And you can't let those things be so broad spanned. So you can't let those peaks be so high and those valleys be so low that it throws you off course. When when I feel down, it's like okay, you know what? That's gonna pass. Yeah. And the way you make it pass is through action. It's what you just said. Yeah. You said, you know, when I get going, that's when I'm good. That's the same thing to Jason. Hey, Jason, if you're not feeling like it, you know what? Do what Theo does. Just get, stop that. Stop the thinking about it and just go and Move. go for the walk. Go for, get on the treadmill, get whatever exercise you're going to start doing, start doing it. And the other thing is, look, man, <clears throat> this is a long war. This isn't a battle that you're going to fight one day, two days. You're in a campaign. Yeah. In a campaign, World War II, four years of combat. To get where you want to go, maybe seven years, maybe eight. Doesn't it? Does, I don't know. But part of you, you don't have to think. Hey, if only I could be at the end, man. Enjoy where you're at right now. Yeah, I, I know it sounds crazy, but you know, you said, "Dang, trapped in." Man, you're lucky. You're lucky. You know, I got friends that have been so severely wounded. Yeah, you know, they can't go for a run. They they, they lost their legs. They lost their arms. They lost their vision. Mm. Whatever. Hey, man, you're 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 good to go. You're good to go. Go out. Yeah. And like you said, live. Yeah, I think, it, it, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it's, that's it. It's like you, you got to keep, you have to get moving. You know, you have to get, it's just, it's so funny, man, because that's one thing that I've, I think in the past year that I've definitely had an easier time with is when I don't feel good, 
even just recently, man, knowing, really starting to know at a real level, not just like hearing and hoping, but knowing that that, that will pass, that the how I'm feeling is not always real. Mm-hmm. Some of us are, you know, it's just like we just have maybe thicker emotions or deeper emotions. You might have bigger highs and bigger lows. Um, but it's almost like nobody told us in the beginning, like, hey, how you feel isn't exactly what's going on sometimes. Like, yeah, you might feel like shit, but you just... Like, you just keep going, you know? And, yeah, the unmotivation, it's funny. It's like when I'll go to the gym and stuff and I don't want to or when I'll go for a run, uh, once I get to about eight minutes and you start to hit that sweat a little bit, about seven and a half minutes, that's when I start to actually start to – I almost feel ashamed of myself sometimes for even feeling good a little bit because <laughs> I was so set on like, oh, I'm going to have yeah. such a shitty, you know, oh, I'm going to show myself. I'm going to have a shitty time. I'm going to have a shitty day. And then I'll get kind of moving and stuff, and I'm like, fuck, man, I'm almost enjoying myself a little bit. You know, what's, you know what I'm thinking about right now? Because people always ask, well, how did you get this way? You're like, to me. Oh, yeah. And, and as I'm sitting here thinking about it, one of the things that... You got obviously got bit by an American <laughs> eagle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Think about this. So w- when I, I was in the SEAL teams and as I moved through my career, I moved into leadership positions, right? Well, when I was in leadership positions, you can't, you can't be moping around. Because if your guys see you moping around or being negative... They're gonna react. They're gonna follow you, right? They're gonna they're gonna uh. take the way your actions are. So at some point, pretty early, I, I realized, oh, if I act like that, everyone's gonna act like that. So I can't act like that. Mm. So if I don't feel like doing something, the last thing I'm gonna do is say, "Hey guys, oh man, I don't feel like doing." It. No, I would never let those words exit my mouth. And by the way, in the SEAL teams, that's kind of the way it is. You know, no one's like, no one will admit to. I'm co- hey, I'm cold right now. You yeah. never hear you never hear someone say, "Hey, I'm cold. Can I borrow your jacket?" Yeah, no, <laughs> it's better to freeze. It's better to freeze, right? Yeah. Or, hey, I'm tired. No one's going to say that. So that wow. that's where you get you realize. And so then when you power through it and you power through it over and over and over again, you realize you know what my emotions, as you said, they're not real. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They don't have to impact the way I'm actually going to act. Yeah, Jason, that's a muscle. It really is a muscle. It's like it really is a muscle of breaking through that little barrier. It's so thin to that barrier of I'm not going to do this. It's so. It's crazy because it feels so heavy sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's so. It's so thin, man, and it changes. It's like, you know, like I'll, and then the rest of my day is always better when oh, I get going. Oh, it's always better. I try and explain that to people all the time. Even though it sucks to leave your pillow in the morning, the rest of your day will absolutely be better. And you're right. That little barrier, the hardest part about the hardest part about the gym is going to Just the getting gym. there. That's the hardest part. Yeah, the hardest part about not eating whatever sort of crap is sitting for bag of Cheetos. The, the, is st- sitting there. If you just take and throw it away and just walk away, you'll be fine. You won't think about it. You're not going to be thinking about it for an hour, yeah. right? How long? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How long do you think? If you just throw that bag of Cheetos away, you're not going to be like in your yeah, journal. You're, yeah, you're, like, not, you're, you're not despondent. Dear for three Chester, days. yeah, yeah. You're just Sorry, but happened. Yeah, you're just yeah. moving on. Yeah. So put yourself somewhere else. Throw the Cheetos as far as you can throw them yeah. and walk away. Walk away. Yeah, from Jason. The and what's interesting is you've really your life has set you up with the real. You've got a journey in front of you, kind of, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to have. You're at war. Yes. You have a mission. Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty cool, yeah. Because a, uh, a lot of life, sometimes it's just you're not finding your war sometimes. You know, some of it is, um, you know, some of that aimlessness sometimes. Uh, but you've got it, man. And I think, yeah, that emotional part is is just don't believe those feelings sometimes because – 
we all have them. I mean, I think one of Jocko's skills, or w- one of his, you know, uh, skills besides being a beverage entrepreneur, <laughs> this is actually pretty fucking good. I'm starting to get scared. <laughs> um, I got the recruiters inbound. <laughs> You're going yeah. to the Marine Corps. Oh, dude, I'm afraid if I have one more sip, somebody's going to parachute into the ceiling. <laughs> um, but part of uh, one of his things that he seems to have uh, really mastered is not letting that first voice have be the loudest, you know, mm-hmm. and having your own voice against that. Um uh, good luck, Jason. Man, maybe check in. Why don't can we check back in with Jason? Maybe absolutely, and just kind of and just see what's going on. Because I would just even love to know, you know, how how you move forward. Like what happens emotionally, no matter what direction you're kind of going in with your, you know, with some of your choices. If you know what's making you feel down or 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 what's making you feel up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one question I know about uh, tapping out. Is it, do we have that one in here? Yes, I do. All right, I want to know from Jocko, and, and Theo, I love you, boy. You're my boy, Theo, but I want to know but. how quick he thinks he'd be able to tap you out. Just because I think it'd be kind of interesting. I think some other people would want to know, too, but you're still <laughs> my boy, Theo. I fucking love you, bro, but uh, how quick do you think, how, how quick does Jocko think he'd be able to tap you out? And then also, do you think you'd be able to tap him out? Like if you did like bath salts or something? Because I know that shit has people feeling just... Feeling loopy, bro. Uh, that's my question. Yeah. Dang, man, that's a good question, dude. Have you ever trained jujitsu before? I mean, I've trained like I've had, you know, I've chased like a small animal around the house. You know, have you ever trained jujitsu? No, before? I have not. Yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be a problem. It's not. It's, it wouldn't take very long. Okay. You know, it wouldn't take very long. What do you think? Two and, or three minutes. And, and this is the thing, man. Is I always try to explain this to people. It's not because I'm a badass at all. Right. It's because it's because I trained for a really long time. So. What like sport are you really good at? Probably outdoor activities. Probably that's uh, not a sport, bro. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me think about something. Um, probably basketball. Okay, so let's say you and I were. Let's say I never played basketball ever in my life. Right. And you and I played one on one. Yeah. How long? How, how? Would I? Do you think I'd even score one single basket? I bet you'd score one based on some of your abilities. Okay, so one single basket, and you beat me eleven to one. Yep. Right. So in jujitsu, it's the same thing. I just know. I know the game. You mm-hmm. don't know the game at all. And so it, it would be really easy. It'd be really easy, not just for me, but anyone that trained jujitsu. What do you think? Three, four minutes, probably? To tap you out? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. What if I was wearing like a real slippery suit or something? Uh, that might gain you a little bit of time, but we're talking sub one minute. Oh, no way. Man. Unless you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. if it's windy you, out? You've trained before. I'm good in the wind. You've trained before, though, right? You've trained no. jiu-jitsu, hasn't Okay, then, yeah, then the, that, that's where that, that that's where that little little hesitation, because that's what's amazing about it. Same thing when I first trained. I was When I first trained, I just graduated from SEAL training. Jesus. And I thought I was the man. Yeah. And I was 19 years old. I was, you know, you just got done. The, it's the most elite training in the world and all this stuff. At 19. Yeah. And so this this old master chief, mm-hmm. like the oldest guy I'd ever seen. Jesus. He was probably like 40. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Remember how old old was when yeah, you were young? Yeah. I was looking at him like grandpa. You were like, nothing for me. Who's so, this old fucker with a driver's yeah, license? So he goes, yeah. he goes, you know, who wants to learn how to fight? And I'm like, hey, me. Yeah. So he brings us out, brings us on the mat, and just lined up. There's like five of us new guys. And he tapped us all out. Damn. With less than a minute each. And 
that's what it is. That's what jujitsu is. That's why people. That's why. That's why people talk about it a lot. Because when it first happens to you, you can't even believe it. So you, and immediately when you get tapped out for the first time, when you're 19 years old and you're like, oh, yeah, I can take anybody. Oh, no, it's wrong because I don't know. Any, yeah, exactly. You're just pouring shots of your own urine. Oh yeah, right there. We didn't even Theo, give a fuck. Just getting after that urine. Oh dude, yeah, dude. <laughs> I'd have a half a quart, bro. Who gives a shit, bro? At nineteen year old piss is fucking. You know how much testosterone's in that shit? Yeah, actually, I do. Zero, zero. So you missed out. You missed out. You got to get to the bottom. There's something. Theoretically, down there. I like where you're at, but you're not really there scientifically. <laughs> so yeah, that's what happens. You you just don't know, and jujitsu is a really powerful, powerful thing. And you should go train sometime. You know, I really want to go train, and I need to go train. I've been trying what I've been focusing on this. You've been year. saying that for a while. I know. Well, one of my fears is that uh, I'm not flexible enough. That has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with you not training. I have people that come to my gym that start start jujitsu when they're 52 years old. Wow. Or 43 years old, or whatever. It doesn't matter. You can get in there and you can train. Be careful. You know, you don't want to train with. Like some 19-year-old kid that's been training for like six months. Right. That's all crazy. Right. That has nothing to lose. Don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't go with him because he's going he's gonna to take your arm and put it on his wall at home and be yeah. like, that's the Owad's arm. <laughs> <laughs> you see that one arm? He's like, oh, fool? I got that yeah, hitter. <laughs> I got his other arm. <laughs> so watch out for that guy. But other than that, if you find some people that are going to relax, it'd be cool. And yeah, you should definitely start training jujitsu. Yeah. The uh, thing you should do is stretch. I mean, I hope yeah. you're doing like some kind of stretching protocol. That's a no. Yeah, that's a no. Yeah, that's a no. That started with a yeah, Y, yeah, though. Yeah. It's a you know. It's, it's yeah, a, still, yeah. exactly. Yeah, uh, I do know. But that's why I I've do been know. Trying you know to get why? Because a... stretching is so unsatisfying. Yeah, I find it so unsatisfying. I'm, if there's the 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 Achilles heel, the Achilles heel for me. Or just the thing that I really don't like doing, even mm-hmm. though I know it's beneficial, is I don't like stretching a lot. Yeah. So, because there's just, you just don't, you don't get done. You know what I said? When you always feel better. Yeah. There's less of that feeling. When I get done, I don't, I'm not walking around like, yo, I just got done stretching yeah. out. Look how far I can fucking reach, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. So, yeah. that's why stretching. But yeah, if you got a bad back, you should definitely, there's protocols you can do that'll definitely help your back out for huh. sure. For sure. Yeah. No, I think I, I think maybe it is time, man. I think I need some stuff that makes me feel, yeah, I think just that kind of – I think I could – recently I realized I need to put more things into my life that are uh, just fun, you know, exciting, just mm-hmm. new adventures that keep me kind of like motivated and keep me doing things. Yeah. Like sometimes all I even do is just either podcasting or just do stand-up comedy, and it's great, but it's not – like sometimes adding to my experience. Yeah. I love jujitsu because it's always, you can always get better. You always get tangled up. You always get tapped out by somebody. It's always evolving. That's what makes it. That's one of the things that makes it really cool is just how much it evolves all the time. And it's, you don't ever feel like I got this. Never feel like that. You Mm -hmm. always feel like I could get a little bit better. Yeah. I like that. Here's a guy that has something to say. Theo, Max from Mississippi. Gang, bro. Jocko. What was it like hunting for the first time with John Dudley, Cameron Haynes, Joe Rogan, and Andy Stump? Yeah, man. Just got back from a a hunt up in northern Utah, a bow hunt. And, I mean, you couldn't really ask for a better crew of people. As you heard, he just rattled off. Yeah, I don't know Mr. Dudley, but Haynes is very uh, intense. He loves to hunt. Yep, yep, and Dudley's the same way. And, And then Rogan, he loves to hunt. And then Andy Stump. 
loves to hunt as well it was my first time going bow hunting and yeah it was awesome it was just awesome from the whole experience was awesome how nice was the place you guys went was it a nice place it was a nice place and that's that's another thing so just to clarify and and people there's there's like you know how in different parts of the world different things in the world there's like a different there's like a little subculture in there right yeah so like you're a comedian and i'm sure there's people that are like well you know you got such a good deal because you got to this thing and people look down on these so there's all that stuff i didn't really know too much about it but you know we got i got the luck and the blessing of going on a really awesome hunt okay it's something called private land right which means not everyone can go hunt there mm-hmm. so there's more animals yep. than there is if you do something called a public hunt right so public hunt is like you're out there and anybody can hunt there right maybe there's animals maybe, maybe there's, there's not, not. So maybe there's somebody go, on drugs maybe somebody's yeah, camping yeah so you might go out four five eight ten days you might not even see an animal yeah and the animal that you're hunting for. So I got really lucky, really blessed to to be tied in with this group and and go out there. And the hunt was awesome. The whole experience was awesome. There's something very primal, mm-hmm. right, about going for going hunting. Kind of like for me, it's like jujitsu. I always say there's something primal about doing jujitsu, right? Like you're fighting. You know when you were a little kid and you you and your friends would just get sticks mm-hmm. and and put on helmets. And just go to go yeah. to war with each other, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we used to do, and that's what kid, that's what little boys do, that right? Right. So there's something primal and oh, instinctive yeah. about just war, right? Same thing with hunting. So you're out, you're stalking, you're sneaking around. It has a lot of correlations to my old job being in the Navy, where mm. you're you're trying to be quiet, you're right. setting up tactics. You're, you're trying to maneuver on these animals. Yeah. Just like you'd be maneuvering on the enemy. You've got a raccoon under a spotlight, and you're like, tell us what you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where them elk at, boy. Where's the recycling bin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. And, you know, going up there, it was really nice for me because I'm very busy all the time. I always got stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And we got up there, and, like, the internet didn't even. Oh, it yeah. worked. Like, there was one little hill you could go over where you'd get a yeah. internet for for three minutes but i just because of that i just said you know i'm just gonna shut this thing off so it was really nice for me to be up there and and then you have one mission you know and that's what's cool about that's one of the best things about my old job you got one mission wow you go on deployment you pack up your bags you leave the world behind and you have one mission and that is to close with and destroy the enemy take care of your guys that's what you're doing so that's what this that's what Wow, my first nice. experience of hunting was okay my i'm i'm disconnected from the outer world and i have one mission so it was awesome Did, was it interesting because those are some big personalities i mean those are like a big you know that's a unique group that you're with oh yeah it's a it's a, the thing is i mean all the all those guys are just great guys man yeah you know um I've known I've known Joe Rogan for a while, and, and people. Oh, yeah, I'm sure people ask you, "What's he really like?" Yeah, what's he really like? Yeah, and it's yeah. like he's like just exactly what you see is what you get. Yeah, he's super nice guy. Same thing with I mean Dudley has invested personally in like he wanted me to get into hunting, and yeah. he gave me a bow. And again, this is where it sounds crazy that I could be so lucky in my life that one of the best archery uh, hunters in the world would say, hey, I want you to get an archer. Here's a bow. Let me teach you. 
wow. Cam Haynes, you know Cam Haynes, same thing. He was super cool, debriefing me on stuff. And then my buddy Andy Stumpf, which, you know, Andy and I, we, we work together a little bit in the SEAL teams, but, you know, I just, being out there with one That's other cool, SEAL, you know, yeah. we... We have we just have a connection that you know I, I you know you can only have with that brotherhood. So right. man, it was just it was awesome. Yeah, I, I look great. forward to doing it again. And for me, you know, you talked about getting in this new stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, it was totally new. Mm-hmm. I never shot a bow and arrow before, and and then I had the opportunity to to train and then go out and do it. So yeah, it was awesome. And I appreciate I appreciate everyone that I just mentioned in that group. They're yeah, just great guys. Was the experience where you um. When you're so when you're getting direction like on something you've never done, mm-hmm. how is that for you? Like coming from a place where it's like you know you are you know you're used to having a good knowledge base of what's going on in your field. Or do you find yourself to be a pretty good student? Do you find yourself I, having a tough time being a student? No, I'm, I'm I'm all ears, man. Yeah. I have no problem. I have no problem at all saying, look, I have no idea. To, you know, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do from the get go. No problem at all with that. Uh, how did you find the bow hunting? Was it pretty tricky, or did you find it was? Yeah, no, it's definitely tricky. It's definitely tricky. How far could you shoot it? You, I could see you just fucking Uncle Rico and that bitch over the mountains. You know? <laughs> I could see you just being like, look you know, how far, like, like Cupid, a, like you know? Like a really good archer. Like Cupid's been in an anytime fitness for a couple hundred years. You yeah. know? I could see you just firing that thing. Obviously, the better the better you are, the further range you can go, you know? so. But I would say the average normal hunter's probably trying to go. Oh, 50 something meters you know something like that mm. it is around you know that's my, that's that's me but yeah there's try, i'm trying to get to, that's a little video of me trying to get tuned up before i head yards. out regional yeah. caller mm. and did you find like what, did you start to notice that you lost is it a really fine line between like how accurate you can be and the amount of strength you're using and stuff like that it's, or it's not really a strength thing it's it's technique mm. you know so this you can't like just like anything man just like anything i mean jujitsu is not about strength right that's yeah you know, it's perfectly you what ever you're been saying, rock, yeah. have you ever been rock climbing before oh yeah like rock climbing is so much technique so and, much and, and and you think oh you know because i can do like like for instance i can do a lot of pull-ups i do a lot of pull-ups i could see that and you think oh you know you can just grab on the rocks and climb no no bro no there's so much technique involved that you have to learn the technique, just like basketball, just like playing guitar. You have to practice. You have to learn the technique, and that's the same thing with archery. And the, and you just have to do it over and over again, like shooting a gun. You got to do it over and over again. You got to keep those reps in. Did you find that as the as the week progressed, the time you guys were out there, that it got easier for you? And did you find you? Well, we weren't shooting a bunch. We were patrolling through the woods, you know, and that was cool. Again, I was out with John Dudley, who's a master hunter, wow. and just. And it, it's it's awesome because you're on patrol, and I keep calling it on patrol. But if, I, yeah, I suppose it's called we were hunting, yeah, we yeah. were walking. But for me, my mind, I was on patrol. Oh hell you yeah, you know, so it was good. You're it was like, awesome. What's that? Yeah. Oh, you're like, oh, that bison's from China. And you're like, let's fucking <laughs> shoot it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Imagine sneaking a jingle bell out there with you. That would ruin everybody's vibe. Did you have to be real quiet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we weren't bringing jingle bells out there. <laughs> Even one will no, shake the world up no, on a hunt. No. Got to be careful of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I lost $11 last week playing uh, gambling. But that's the good thing is, you know, I laid a couple parlays, laid a few bets, you know, and I did it on my bookie. My bookie. It's a place where... Know, if you want to wager on you know you like the Redskins, you think they're gonna beat somebody. You wager on them, drop a wager. 
you know, you think uh, maybe the Orioles is going to beat the um, the Clippers. Drop that wager, Daddy. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to just play for the first time even, my bookie is your best bet this season. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team, drop a couple dimes on them. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Yeah, doubling. Use promo code Theo, T-H-E-O, to activate that offer. That's promo code Theo to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And I got to let you know that this past weekend is also brought to you by a company called Skillshare. And you know, everybody, I, I used to have skills, man. I remember I, could, uh, I remember I could hold my breath until I passed out. And then I'd wake up, you know, in my friend's uh, van. Everybody has different skills, man. And Skillshare is an online learning community for creators with more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more. Chefing, recipe work, uh, painting, carbonry. You'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. They have classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, and creative writing. You want to learn graphic design? Then you can take graphic design basics. Core principles for visual design. One of the most popular courses. Join the millions of students already using Skillshare today. Our listeners can get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering TPW listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Go to Skillshare.com slash Theo Vaughn. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Theo Vaughn to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Theo Vaughn. Um, what else we got, Nick? So uh, we had Jocko give some advice to Will. He, oh, yes. He was a 22-year-old who knocked up his 19-year-old girlfriend, mm-hmm. and he felt like he ruined her life. And uh, he actually had the baby at the end of August, and we were going to call and uh, check in with Will, assuming. Yeah, because we played a good video, and you gave him some good yep. suggestions and stuff. We just wanted to check in with him. We thought it would be uh, just kind of a neat moment for him. For sure. Okay, cool. We're going to call him right now, then. Oh, we're calling Will. I'm going to introduce you guys. Unless he's at work. Hopefully he has a job. He got off at five. <laughs> East Coast time. He's in traffic. He probably is. With that baby probably crying. Where's dad? Hello? Hey, Will. Hey, Will. How's it going? What's up, man? This is Theo. How are you? Hi, Theo. How are you? Sorry, there's a baby screaming in the background. I got a rocker. Yeah, you got that O-spring rocking back there, huh? You got that plebe, plebe, I think they call them. Um, dude, I just wanted, I wanted to say thanks for uh, reaching out a while back. I know you were thinking that, you know, you were, uh, you know, you had the kid on the way and, um, and we had Jocko willing, uh, you know, uh, 
we we had him offer up a video of, of some suggestions and stuff, and then I have Jocko here yeah, in the studio. That, yeah. So I just wanted to uh, I wanted to just kind of follow up and see how fatherhood's going for you. And Jocko's got a couple of um, enlistees that have come out of his own scrotum, I guess, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I'll let my daughters know. Yeah, I was, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> how's it going over there, Jocko? Uh, What's up, man? Going good, man. What's up, Jocko? How you doing? I'm doing awesome. How about you? I'm good. First of all, I just want to say uh, thanks for calling Theo. Thanks for calling Jocko. I'm really nervous to do this, dude. That's I'm nervous fun. too, bro. You don't have to. At least you don't have to sit by Jocko, bro. It's extremely <laughs> fucking nerve wracking, bro. It's like being in every high school <laughs> class you've ever been in all at once forever, and the teacher it doesn't fucking just wants to strangle you. <laughs> dude, I was looking at his Instagram yesterday, and I was nervous. So. It's very scary, dude. I mean, I feel you. I gained two pounds of muscle mass looking at his Instagram a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no yeah, jock man, i wanted so to know how's it yeah how's it going uh it's going really good it's really rewarding uh i mean i'm i'm loving it she's she's my world so i mean obviously i'm very nervous to do this so you might have to ask me more questions to get me going are you um, getting any sleep yeah Okay. I'm getting plenty of sleep. I mean, I think people make being a, a father or parent out to be way harder than it actually is. I like it. Uh, it's, so far, it's been it's been easy. I mean, like, it's just a baby. There's, uh, like, all you really do is you, you cuddle with her, you feed her, change your diaper, and, you know, that's it. You just make sure she doesn't die. Give some love. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like you're keeping her alive, so we got that going for us, yeah, which is nice. Start. Yeah, I got proof right here. <laughs> what were some of your fears like, and what are have some of your fears gone away since the baby's come into the world? Like, what's some of that experience been like? Oh, absolutely. Um, before, I, I was just really worried about, I don't know, just providing for and and just being a good dad, because I, like I said in the original call, like my dad wasn't there. Like I, I was afraid maybe when I, when I met her that I would be just like him and just like, just get out of the, get out of her life. But mm. I, I always had this feeling that like I, I could be a good dad, but I just wasn't sure. So, I mean, after having her, it, it's just been super easy. It feels super natural and, I don't know. I mean, my fears have kind of gone away entirely, honestly. Like, I, I, everything is so much better. Well, that's like many things in life. We build up the fears in our own head. And once we actually yeah. get put in the position, you realize, hey, there's not that much to be afraid of. And you can proceed on and right. keep doing a great job, man. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, it's pretty powerful, man, yeah. to think that, you know, that your life was, or your childhood, some of it has been one way, and then to think that you are going to have a new experience with your own kid, that's, it's real powerful to hear that, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, thank you, man, uh, I, I think you should have one, Theo, I think you should have a kid, because, oh, Jesus man, <laughs> I probably should. This, this shit's so easy, dude, you <laughs> think about taking care of, think about taking care of a plant, that's taking care of a kid. Buy an orchid. <laughs> okay. I'll buy, a, I'll, buy, I'll buy an orchid with a strong heartbeat and see how it plays out. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. 
Um, <laughs> yep. Nick has a question for you, Will. Nick. So you were worried about uh, the implications for your girlfriend. You said she had a bright future in front of her. Either she was in law school yeah. or med- medical school. Um, do you guys, have you kind of made a plan where she can continue on and down that path? Do you have that figured out? Yeah. So originally she was going to UMass Amherst. Oh, and yeah, she was dude. On track to, a lot of chicks put out over there, too. Uh, I'll tell you, that's the truth, bro. Obviously. Oh, dude. Yeah, bro. <laughs> easy, easy. Um, sorry, sorry. Not her. I'm not her. Not her, obviously, you know. But well, I'm she's just, the one with the baby. Oh, yeah, sorry. I mean, so you're kind of so, digging a yeah, hole here, bro. bro. <laughs> Never mind. Why don't you guys finish this question and answer? Sorry. Yeah, how are you feeling about, yeah, the concerns you had for your, uh, for your um, baby mama? Well, obviously, that was my my second main concern behind the baby. Like, I just kind of felt like I ruined her life. Like, mm. you got someone pregnant, and uh, they they have all these big things coming ahead. But yeah, we made plans. Like, she's she's starting nursing. Obviously, it's not med school, but she did have to drop out of of uh, UMass to go to uh, a local community college, which it still bothers me. But um, you know, we're really happy, so I think everything just kind of fell into place, and we're making plans. Like, she, she's doing nursing. I'm finishing up my degree. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's cool, I man. still feel bad about it, but it worked out. Yeah, it sounds like it's working positively. Uh, nursing is a great job, man. Having a uh, And plus, she gets a couple credit hours probably for nursing that baby. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> Blowing milk into that little monkey. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, we should send him some of this. 100%. You want to, Jocko? Yeah, we definitely should. Uh, Jocko has a new drink out that um, you can nurse as well, so we'll send you some of it. It's actually really, really good, bro. This pineapple coconut, I might fucking relapse, dude. <laughs> what is it? Is it like caffeine, protein shake? What kind of thing? There, there's some caffeine in it, yeah. It's like a little little mind little mind nice. blast. Yeah, I just got back into yeah. working out. You so. can step it up. Oh, yeah. We've seen you a little bit of this mind blast. <laughs> Jocko called it. Um <laughs> But, dude, that's awesome, man. It sounds exciting. It sounds like you're definitely more in a position of, what would you say? Well, what's cool to me is, look, you have the vision of what the path of your life is going to be like, right? Everyone's got this vision of what it's going to be like. And the chances of you actually being able to stay on that path are next to none. And if every time you get pushed off the path a little bit, you just surrender, well, that's where where you end up in in a horrible place. But what you did, and you're setting a great example for other people, you and your girl have said, look, we had, the, we had this path laid out. Oh, we're gonna, we just got pushed off the path big time. Yeah. But guess what? We're not surrendering. Yeah. We're, we're just readjusting the path. We're taking a little detour. We're going to get back on eventually. But the journey is still awesome. So that's what, that's what life is about, man. Nothing comes easy. And you're going to look back, and you're going to be able to tell your little girl, hey, this is what we did. To, to bring you up and, and we these are the sacrifice we made and it was worth every second. So what you're doing is awesome. What your girl's doing is awesome. And the, the end result will be infinitely better and more rewarding than it would have been had you just had everything served up to you on a silver platter like you had, like you had originally thought wow. it would be. Yeah, and you know what's funny, uh, Will, you uh, obviously yeah. you haven't been listening to this whole episode because it's not even out yet, but Jocko and I have been sitting here for about 40 <laughs> minutes talking about stuff, and a lot of it's been just yeah. how how some of our behaviors and even I struggle with this a lot, but how some of our behaviors, once we start to set some new good behaviors for ourselves, how it uh, will influence the f- next behavior we do. 
So yeah, man. The like ne- patterns, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like just yeah. So the next thing that comes along for you, dude, I can't. After this, it's probably gonna be a damn cakewalk, bro. You're gonna have fucking you know <laughs> funny bones on your feet. You're gonna have sugar on your shoes, bro. This is gonna be a cakewalk. So it's exciting. You know, I, I heard this quote the the other day. I think it was Bill Belichick. He was talking about something like, "Let's not just have a good day. Let's have a good week. Let's have a good month." And like just building those patterns and those steps. So that really spoke to me. And like everything Jocko is saying and and what you're saying. Like when Jocko was just speaking, I got the chills because like, oh yeah. damn man, like that's inspirational. Very I, alarming. I took a lot man. about. I, yeah, I took a lot of what he said the first time, and and just now, like, it's it's pretty unbelievable when you reach out and you and you hear these things. So, well, I it's funny, man, that. because yeah, I mean, I, I have some of the same fears in my own life of having children and that sort of thing. So, it's all kind of full circle, dude. We're all out here just trying our best and sh- and stuff like that. But but thanks so much for calling in, man. And um. Yeah, dude, you'll definitely won't yeah. get any sleep after we send you a case of this Jocko's energy drink, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I got Wait, s- Theo, can I ask you one more question? Yeah. How's the quitting cigarettes going? You haven't really talked about it. That's true, man. It's going pretty good. I've had half of a cigarette in two weeks, so... Are you lying to me? <laughs> nope. I'm not. Not feel... <laughs> good man, good man. I feel pretty good, man. You- Dude, you know what you should have had? You should have had a cigar with Bill Burr because that dude was pissed. Yeah, that dude, trust me, bro. He already burnt me at a couple of my ends, so I, I don't need it no more, no more. <laughs> Nothing else is getting lit up in this room, dude, after he smoked me when he was in here. I feel like a fucking salmon. Um, what uh, what do you have for him, Jocko? Thanks so much, too, Will, for, uh, for, uh, for answering, course, man. man. And Thank your daughter you. sounds beautiful. Oh, dude, she is. Uh, I, I actually sent your producer her little Instagram. My my girlfriend made an Instagram for her. So if you want to look at pictures of babies, then then you got her. Throw she's balding. She's got a mullet just like you. Oh, she has so. a mullet. I'm in. I'm in, brother. Dude, she's got a. I'll post a nice picture of her mullet. And dude, she might even be your kid. I don't know. Whoa, bro. Anything's possible. Now, look, yeah, <laughs> girls from Amherst. Or yeah, that's it was. true. You never know. Oh, man. Hey, I wrote a bunch of kids. I wrote a bunch of kids books. I'll send you out some uh, kids books for the, for the little baby. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, and actually, one of the one of them says right on the front where there's a will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, will, man, be good, dude. We'll check in. Oh yeah, there she is, right there, baby. A lot. Oh, she is pretty. <laughs> and she does have a mole. Eliana. Yeah, a lot of babies <laughs> very unattractive, but this baby, pretty hot. <laughs> I mean, attractive. Dude, for maybe. you and pro- <laughs> you and producer Nick, dude, producer Nick last night, he was loving pictures of her. I think he liked every single one yeah, on my well, Instagram. Producer Nick's gonna be and in, uh, obviously indicted soon. Probably. I t- I told Will I wasn't following back. He DM'd me from this baby's account. I was like, That's I'm not, not talking back. <laughs> uh, Will, man, be good, dude. We'll send you some of this stuff, man, and um, and we'll check in. We'll check in on you and uh, and baby Ileana. Sounds good, man. Thanks for all you're doing. Thanks, Jocko. No problem, brother. All right. Stay strong. Cheers, brother. Yep. Man, that's pretty cool, huh? That is awesome. That is awesome. That's crazy because he called and he was like, he didn't. He was like worried. And then you hear the baby in the background and you're like, that's a live grenade, bro. You're scared, huh? Yeah. I get pretty scared about that. There's a lot of responsibilities. Is that what you're scared of, you think? Let me think about it for a second until I can really feel what I'm scared about. 
I think I'm scared. Or if you just not met the right girl. Mm. I just don't know. I, I just don't know if I want my life to change that much sometimes mm-hmm. if I'm ready. How old are you? 39. Cool. You know, part of that, but then part of it, like, yeah, just think about what am I scared of, man? Because I, I just want to get it right because I think about it sometimes, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the look on your face when you heard that, your eyes got big. Oh, like, fuck. you just went flashback. <laughs> yeah, like somebody just made their own little Jurassic Park. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, sometimes if I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, Judging by the look on your face, my answer is <laughs> negative. negative. <laughs> you need to give it a little bit more time. Yeah, I think, but I think, um, I think I want to be a good parent. I think sometimes I could use, and I don't know if this is a negative way to think about it, but I could use a child because sometimes I think it would give, because I like to care about other people, it would give me something to care about. Plus, plus, your dad was like 87 when he had you, yeah, right? Yeah, So okay. you're like, hey, I got all kinds of time. What are you <laughs> talking true. about, Jocko? Oh, I'm true. over here on the on the slow roll. We'll make this happen when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> no factor. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, so if I, I even it. see a girl, I like, yeah, my, mom, my dad was 38 years older. So if I see like a <laughs> nine-month-old, you know, even baby Ileana, I'm not hitting on her, yeah. but I do want to know what her work ethic is. It's like, you know, I want to know what kind of woman she is. You see some potential oh, yeah. down the line. Yeah, I'm thinking down the line, broski. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. Uh, we have we have some more, a couple of more uh, good questions cool. that came in. Let's do it. Hey, how's it going? This is Jace from Harriman, Utah. Hey, uh, quick question for Jocko, by the way. It's my dog, Jocko. <laughs> Named him after you. It's a cool name. Handsome or Couldn't decide adult. on anything else, so there you have it. Anyway, uh, Jocko, from listening to your podcast and just some of the podcasts you've been on, it seems to me as if you may be a little bit emotionally detached as well as um, very self-critical. I find these two traits in myself to be very prevalent. Um, my question is, do you find that to be a benefit or detriment in your life? Or on the personal side, I find it difficult sometimes to relate to my spouse, my kids, my friends, my family, because I just simply do not understand where they're coming from on an emotional level. So my question is, do you feel this way or have you figured out the balance between the two? Um, any advice would be great. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for everything you do. Thanks. Good question, huh? This is a good question. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I definitely, and I, this this sounds like I'm a crazy person or whatever, but yeah, I, I try and keep control over my emotions, as we've been talking about this whole time, right? Like, I'm not gonna fly off the handle. You know, I I don't yell at people. I don't 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 argue in big arguments with my wife. In fact, I don't really even argue with my wife, you know? Right. Like, hey, if she's getting emotional about something, cool. I just I just like accept the emotions, try and absorb a little bit and then figure out how I can de-escalate the situation. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's that seems to be the smart thing to do. I don't think I'm too emotionally detached. I mean, I I and if if you listen to my podcast all the time, you can hear sometimes I get very emotional mm-hmm. when I'm on there because I'm I'm having memories of my friends or things like that. And and yeah, I'll get I'll get very emotional at times. I won't let it get out of control, you right. know, but 
so I don't think I'm too emotionally detached. And and then the other thing is being self-critical. I you know, I'm definitely critical of myself, but I think I've found a good balance there. So so what does that look like? I mean, how do we how do we measure that? If you're just constantly beating yourself down, yeah. that is not positive. So what am I going to be self-critical? I will look at myself being so critical of myself that it's causing a negative reaction. You're being too self-critical. So balance it out a little bit. You know, you're, you, you've got to live your life. So I always look at all these things. And, and same thing when you talk about not relating to your family or whatever. And I just told the guy this on, on Twitter. You know, guys like, hey, I'm having a hard time relating with my family. I'm trying to get after it. I'm trying to, you know, be, be my best. And they're not, you know, they, they don't get it. And I'm like, hey, man, it's not about you. The world doesn't revolve around you. Yeah. You, you got a family? Cool. You need, to, you need to adapt your life around your family. Here's something interesting that I said the other day. Like, I've written a bunch of books. Mm-hmm. I wrote probably 95% of the pages in all my books when every single person in my family was asleep. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't sit there and, hey, everyone leave me alone because I'm trying to do this. I work out in the morning. Guess what? No one's awake in my family when I'm working out in the no morning. No one's awake in the world. <laughs> so, so I sacrifice things so that I can be there and and do what I got to do mm-hmm. for my family. So I see. So that's your journey. That's so your right. journey and the and, and what you're doing. You they don't need to conflict. Right. Right. I don't demand that everyone is on board the same bus that I'm on board. Yeah. Hey, I'll I'll take I get on the bus before I get on my bus, and then I drive where I'm going. And then when my little, you know, when my daughter, my oldest daughter was a ballerina, Jesus, you know what that is? Okay, yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not my thing, right? That's not I'm not into that. (laughs) But I went to some damn recitals. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't how close were you? I could see you like two hundred yards away with binoculars. I can't make it to the recital. I gotta work out tonight. I I wasn't doing that. I was like, oh cool. We're going to the recital. Let's watch the kids. And of course I was a little bit critical sometimes because I'd be like, What did they learn? Yeah. I, that, how, how did that help? But yeah. uh, you want something that crazy? Your wedding, you're gonna stop a yeah. fucking bullet. <laughs> Here's what's funny: my my daughter that was a ballerina got more injuries. Do you know how psycho ballet it's is? Insane. It's she got more oh. injuries from ballet than my other daughter did from wrestling <laughs> and gymnastics. So it's a it's a tough sport. It's a highly and that's what I that's what I realized. I said, hey, you know what? She likes it. It's highly disciplined. They're super strict. She used to come home. I used to have to. You ever seen those things? Those like massage things that you roll out. It's like little little uh, little rollers on a stick. Yeah, yeah. And she would come. She's like twelve years old. Twelve years old. She'd be like, "Can you roll out my calves?" <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be sitting there with tears coming out. I'd be rolling those things out because that's what, trying to prevent and the now injury. She's nine feet tall. No, if you were rolling out the calves, bro, <laughs> she probably got three foot of calf on each foot. <laughs> So <laughs> like Charleston shoes going on down there below her knees. Yeah. So so that's the thing. I'm right. not I'm not making the world. Co- if, this is the thing. The so world you, is not about you. Right. So you're not sacrificing right. the other things right. that you have to do and your other responsibilities. Right. Hey, 
Occasionally, right. you know what I mean? Occasionally, it's like, hey, you know, maybe I don't need to watch 14 recitals in a row, right? Because, right? you know, the kids will do the play or whatever, and they show it night, whatever, six yeah. nights. I'm not going to six nights. No. Look, I'll be there at the Nutcracker uh, Suite. Right, right. Holler when Father Drosselmeyer's in the building. <laughs> yeah, you know, otherwise I'm exactly. out. Exactly. But I think uh, part of do you think, though, that your, your mentality, because you have to have some elements of, you know, you have to have... I think probably more like grr mm-hmm. than, mm, you know, do you think that it's tough sometimes to, uh, has, is it tough to manage? I think maybe, and I'm not saying that's not what he's asking you, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying like, here's the thing. What could he be struggling with? You know, it, it, he, he said it at the end. He said the word balance, right? Right. I wrote that book right there called the dichotomy of leadership there. You, you have to balance all these different things in your life. So, so as a leader, right, as a leader, as a leader, you gotta you gotta communicate with your people. Right. Obviously, right? Can you communicate too much with your people? Do you think you can? Yes. Oh yes, you absolutely can. Yeah, Where they stop listening is. to you. Yeah. If they <laughs> can you communicate not enough? Yes, you can. Now they don't know what's going on. Yes. You gotta be somewhere in the middle. You know, everyone looks at me and goes, Oh, you're super hyper aggressive, right? Yeah. You, do you have to be aggressive as a leader? Yeah, you do, because you gotta make things happen. Can you be too aggressive? Oh, yes, you can. Can you be not aggressive enough? Oh, yes, you can. So where do you have to be? You have to be in the middle. You have to be in the middle. And so it's the same thing with your your personal life. I, I talk about this all the time. If, if I'm, okay, I wanna, I wanna build my business, whatever it is, I wanna do my job. And the reason I'm doing that is so I can make more money. If I make more money, I can, can, can provide for my family. So I'm doing this for my family. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna work 89 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Then you look up in six months, you look up in a year, you don't have a family anymore. Right. They don't know who you are. So you went too far. The other side of the spectrum is you're like, well, I can't do any overtime today because I got I to gotta go to the recital and the, the practice recital. I won't be here tomorrow either. And now you look up in six months or a year and you don't have a job and you right. can't provide. So what do you have to do? You have to find the balance. You have to find the balance with how critical you are of yourself. You have to find the balance of how detached you're going to be. If you get to, you know, he talked about being emotionally detached. Can you be too emotionally detached? Absolutely yeah. you can. You looking at your kids like with a stone cold face all the time, they can't connect with you. Not just your kids. If you work for me, if we were in a SEAL platoon together, which I, I know is an unlikely scenario, but if we were in a SEAL platoon together and all I did was was no connection, just said, hey, here's what, here's what the next mission is, go do it. After a while, you're like, this guy doesn't care about me. Right. So, so you're not going to want it. You're not going to put forth the extra effort. So one of the most important things that you have to do with the people you work with up and down the chain of command is form a relationship with them. Same thing with your family. If you're not forming a good relationship and maintaining a good relationship with your family, you're going to look up and you're not going to have a family anymore. And yeah. that's not good. So with everything that we're talking about in life, you have to maintain balance. You have to. When you get out of balance and you'll feel it. You'll feel it when you feel it, when you feel like, oh, my, my wife doesn't want me to, 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 to go to jujitsu again tonight. You don't have to think my wife doesn't ever want me to do jujitsu again. You can say, oh, I have to ease back a little bit. I got to, maybe if I'm going to go, I got to spend a little bit of extra time in the morning or I got, you yeah. got to, you got to find the balance. You don't have to go extreme one way or the other. And that's what a lot of people do. They go extreme in one direction, and then anyone that's in their way, they mow them down. And that is not the long-term results of that is never good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think leadership as well is leading. You're leading. It's not just you. You know, with leadership, oh, 100%. It, it's a group. Yeah, you're, there's more than just you involved. Um, and you, in the long run, 
If you're fa- like, this is what's cool. So this is kind of weird. A guy asked me a little while ago. Mm-hmm. He says, he's a guy that we have a big event, a leadership event. We do it like two or three times a year and people come and this one guy, he helps us out with it. So I see him every time we do one of these really good guy. He's got his own business, really, really good guy. And he follows what I do and he sees that I'm writing 14 books and 97 podcasts and all the stuff I'm doing. And he goes, you know, I've been watching how much you do, how much you produce, just the raw production materials. He says, Mm -hmm. I don't understand how you have enough time for your family. Like, I don't get it. How do you do it? Or are you doing it well enough? And I was like, you know, that's a good question. And I didn't have, usually I'm, I'm like prompt with answers because I get asked questions all day long like you yeah. And I said, you know what, let, let me think about it. And I thought about it. And what I realized was, and I came back to him the next day and I said, I have an answer to your question. He says, well, what is it? And I said, I, my family at this point in time doesn't really need me that much my wife is like really independent and emotionally independent and she doesn't need you know she sees me and we're just totally good to go we have fun and she knows oh you're gonna go do something hey i get it right you know my oldest daughter she's completely you know she's 20 years old she's in college she's doing her own thing she's oh, yeah, making she things happen you actually our kids you know she's at I, that age i know what you're trying to say yeah i was making a bad joke yeah this is really bad my 18 year old daughter <laughs> my 18 year old daughter same thing like she's yeah. on her own program she you know she'll text me and like this but she's my, i have a 16 year old son he's on his own program he's fully self-functional like self-supportive they don't need me and then the, the only one that's a little bit needy is is my 10 year old because she's 10 and you know she's still a 10 year old so so that's where i can focus my efforts because she's younger Mm -hmm. so my point in saying all that is is that through the years i balanced you know i would just constantly balance and and you know raise the kids where they are self-sufficient where they aren't relying on me to do everything for them my wife the same way my wife's not relying on you know, my wife will handle stuff, you know, right. whatever it is, she can handle it. Yeah. You got to get a capable, I mean, people, that's one thing. If you pick an incapable wife, dude, that's going to be sheer. Yeah. Hell. And, and the most part of that capable is emotionally capable. Cause when you end up with a, a, a spouse, whether it's the man or the woman that relies on you to make them feel good emotionally, that's the one that will pick you apart. So you got to be careful. That one's a good mm-hmm. one to look out for. So in the end of the day, I guess what I'm saying is you got to have balance. You got to build a strong structure. And the point I was going to say with this guy is, is Jace, you, while you're investing in your family, you're building them, you're making your family stronger so that they can stand on their own so that in the long run, you have more freedom in your life because you, you won't have this family unit that's totally relying on you for every little thing, Yeah, which is by the way makes them better off in the world. Mm. When they grow up, they go out and they dominate the world because they're capable. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, I don't think anybody taught me shit growing up, dude. <laughs> dude I, I don't know if I know what about, more. D- didn't you learn a lot of stuff from Daniel? In- well, oh, dude, <laughs> Daniel was a fucking bad influence, dude. He was drinking hot hose water, bro. First sip. Oh, no, I know. Oh, yeah. You know, I heard you talking on a podcast about how, like, your first girl is sort of like the hot hose water. And I was thinking, well, that doesn't really make any sense. And then I realized it does, because here's what happens with the hot hose water. When you first take... When you first start drinking it, yeah. it's all hot and uncomfortable. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you get to the cold part and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the same thing with your first girl. You're kind of like awkward. It's all like doesn't taste good. And all of a sudden you get 
kind of threw that to the coldness and yeah. you're like, okay, this is good. So yeah, you do remember that first hose pipe. Yeah. Hitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jocko's loving that hitter, man. That's good, man. Dude, one of my first girlfriends had real short hair, dude, and she looked like a young man, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't That's... know if I really wanted to be her boyfriend, but I don't know if I had a choice. Yeah, you were just Oh, dude, a she, oh, bro. she used to, when the school bus would come, it would bring my brother and his friends from the bigger school, and they'd mm-hmm. pick us up after. She would pick me up and start making out with me. <laughs> Bro, it was so fucking embarrassing. And sometimes I would wrap my legs around her. I didn't know what else to do, bro. And they would fucking call us all kind of names and shit. How old was she compared know, to you? Like 27? Yeah, I think. I don't even know if she went to our school. It could have been a woman. But God, man, that was fucking. Everybody has their Vietnam, you know? That shit was insane, man. Let's pick one more going for Jocko, Nick. All right. Uh, one quick uh, Patreon, and then we'll end on a video question. Uh, what war? This is from Jacob Wells. What war movie or TV show is the most realistic based on his combat experiences? Oh, that's great. And Jacob Wells, I actually know him, and he's from, uh, he has like nine brothers and sisters, and um, and I've met him at a group of shows. He's from Oklahoma. He anyway. Should have, he should have a podcast. He has great questions. Like, almost every week I want to pick his question. But. He's a really neat guy. Yeah, what, what, so what's the... There's a HBO miniseries. There's two of them. One of them's called Band of Brothers, mm-hmm. which you, you may or may not have seen. It's about the European theater. It's about the first of the 506, or the second of the 506 battalion and fighting and easy company. It's it's fantastic from a leadership perspective, from a tactical perspective. That one's awesome. And then they made, a few years later, they made one for the Pacific theater, which is called The Pacific. And it's based on several books, which are outstanding books i've covered all the books that that series is based on on my podcast it's it's called the pacific it's about the pacific island campaign and the first time i watched it i was i was i remember i was on a plane and i had like the noise canceling headsets on and i was staring at at, like my ipad was it a c-130 no 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 i was in the civilian i was was already civilian so i was staring at this thing you know four inches from my face so i was super absorbed in it and what what they did in that what what makes me always remember how impactful that that series was to me was they land on this island and you're expecting this big crazy battle to break out but it doesn't and so it's showing them patrolling through the jungle they're patrolling basically looking for the japanese and the japanese you know had decided is it iwo jima or no no they had decided that they were going to let the americans land and then hit them so these scenes where they're just patrolling through the jungle and and you know that they're waiting you're waiting for the enemy to attack and when I, my my last deployment to Iraq I was in this place called Ramadi and when you would walk down the streets or I'd be watching my guys walk down the streets or watching some soldiers or watching some marines and the whole time you're watching you're you're waiting you're just waiting for the enemy to attack and you're waiting for bullets to come down the street oh. And so I had watching that, I had that same kind of anxiety, and that's when I realized how powerful that that miniseries is. So those two are great, and those are those are probably my favorite uh, war. I don't want to call them movies, but they're scenes or or it's a miniseries. That's what it is, right? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Uh, 
I can really imagine that if it, if it can take somebody like you kind of to that place with that tension. It's so interesting. It's like, yeah, combat is one thing, but that the energy before something happens sometimes yeah, is so we- severe. Knowing someone's intent, knowing someone else kind of knows that intent, but they don't really know where the the intersection is going to occur. Just that kind of milling around. Yeah, and like we just talked to Will, the anticipation of something is always worse. Yeah. And so when you know that it was coming, and when when you were on patrol in Ramadi, oh, yeah. you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. And so the, it's just that anticipation. And from a leadership perspective, your biggest fear, my biggest fear was always, you know, one of my guys. guys get yeah. hit. And it's, 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 the, it's a sickening feeling in your gut, and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you do everything you can to mitigate risk, but you just, you, you just, and I had that same feeling watching the the scenes from the Pacific where they're patrolling if, through the jungle. If a guy gets hit, do they look at you then? It, it depends on the situation. Right. It depends on the situation that whoever that leader is in that moment is going to step up, make calls, make things happen. It might be the youngest guy. Depends who's there. Was there ever a moment where you had ordered guys into a certain situation and, and something happened and you're like... And it fell on you kind of, or the guy looked at you even after he'd been hit. So the weird thing about special operations for for us on that deployment was if every mission that we did was a mission that I had said, yes, we should do this. Okay. So that's every one of these situations where one of my guys got wounded or one of my guys got killed, it's 100% on me. I mean, it's 100% because I'm the one that's approving the plan. I'm the one that's saying, yes, this is what we're going to do. And that's one of the the different types of stress that you get in in special operations because in a conventional unit, generally, not always, but they're they're getting a little bit more tasking from higher. Hey, here's what you guys are going to do. You can figure out how you want to do it, but this is what you're going to do. No one was really tasking me most of the time. It was my guys coming up with plans. Hey, this is what we think we should be doing. And me saying, yeah, it's a wow. good plan. So, yeah, that's something that you... And you're right there with them. You're not like in a golf cart or something. It depends on the, it depends on the situation. I mean, I had basically 40 SEALs. Sometimes they were in elements as small as five guys, and they'd be out there. Sometimes I'd have three or four elements out on the battlefield at the same time. I would be back in a tactical operations center, Sometimes I'd go, if it was a big, giant, kind of combined operation where we were working with a lot of different units, I'd go out with them. Sometimes I'd go out with them just to go out with them. But sometimes the best place, most of the time, the best place for me to control what was happening was in a tactical operations center. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's one of those things that as a leader, I mean, you're you're ultimately responsible for everything that happens. And that's a, that's a heavy burden to bear. And it's one that's... It's one that you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life, and it's it's one that I wake up with every single day. And I'll I'm not I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad about that burden. In fact, to me, that burden is is a reminder of the guys that made the ultimate sacrifice, and I, I'm honored to have had the experience of serving with them. Yeah, man. Yeah, I can't imagine just the uh, just the camaraderie the the repercussions of such severe camaraderie as going uh, to war with people, you know, it's, it's, 
Yeah, it's something that I yeah I couldn't even imagine. You know, it's not something that I could even recreate emotionally or inside of my own brain. Really, you know, it's 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 pretty fascinating because it's so severe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a there's such a finale. This your finality is right there on the line. You know. Yeah, and you do you develop the strongest brotherhood with the people you're on the battlefield with and we were working with alongside soldiers and marines all the time and the the relationships that we developed with them you know every time someone gets which in ramadi there was a guy get there was guys getting wounded and killed every day you know and you're going to their memorial services and you're seeing seeing the the angel flights which they call them is which is when they, Mm -hmm. they they take their bodies out on the last you know on their last helicopter ride home and yeah, it's it is it's very severe and it's one of those things that I mean I, there's nothing for me there's nothing else will ever compare with all that. There's just nothing nothing in life will will impact me as much leave me with as much pride and at the same time as much sorrow as those days for me. And that's the way most guys end up feeling about the, about being in the being in the military and going overseas on deployment did going through experiences like that where people are losing their lives and people are losing their abilities and their capabilities in, in war and in you know in combat does did it has it adjusted your faith at all over the years or has it affected that at all or has it created it or you know the, the biggest thing is from what i've seen right when you see when you're in war, you get to see the absolute best in human beings, and you get to see the absolute worst in human beings. I mean, we saw uh, unspeakable evil, right? So if you want to talk about Satan, you want to talk about pure evil. You, when you go to war, you get to see it. You, when you face an enemy like like the insurgents in the Battle of Ramadi that were doing the most heinous things that you can imagine then you realize that evil absolutely exists Mm. and whatever you want to attach that to you can do it because it's there and at the same time you also get to see you get to see humanity that's making sacrifices above and beyond anything that a normal human being would do pure good Mm. and so from a faith perspective what you get to see with your own eyes is evil pure evil and you get to see pure good and that i think that it leaves an impact on everybody and definitely left them left a mark on me for sure um what you got nick last video sure uh let's do a super quick one that'll be a really quick answer just because i'm curious as well and then end on a one that he can expand on actually okay Hey, what's up, Theo? This question's for uh, Jocko. I was wondering what your best powerlifting numbers were ever and what your powerlifting numbers are currently. Damn. Dang. Oh, this guy's trying to be your chef or something. This guy's trying to spot you. <laughs> uh, my, my traditional answer when people ask me what, what kind of weights I'm lifting yeah. is not enough. Damn. <laughs> you know, because you're always trying to get better and trying to get stronger. Oh uh, uh, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> yeah, well, at least I am. So, let's see. I think that the most I've ever deadlifted. You know that this is another uh, big. You know, you're asking me what people think when they meet me. 
Oh, people on ask us this all the time. No, they they ask all this all the time. They also think that I'm some superhuman athlete, which I'm I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And I, I've explained this over and over again. I wasn't the fa- I'm not the fastest. I'm not the strongest. Um, I, I wasn't like I'm not this super athlete. And I explain that to people all the time. Even jujitsu, people are like, oh, that guy could never get tapped out. Come to my gym, watch me get tapped out. Like it's it's the reality of it, you right. know. Uh, but yeah, to try and answer this guy's question without avoiding the question or whatever. I, th- I mean, I hardly be ever, honest, Jocko. Yeah, yeah. I All hardly right, I've had two cans of this now. I hardly, so. I hardly ever, I hardly ever bench press anymore because, because uh, I don't like. Yeah, the, you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't like what it does to my shoulders. Yeah. Um. I know deadlift. The, the most I've ever deadlift is five, five hundred. Jesus. Which is no, it's not. That's that's I've done five. I know. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know what I'd be deadlifting today. Um, even though, you know, I deadlift on the regular, you know, but I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. Yeah. You know what it's like. Of course, man. Yeah. Uh, squat is another one. I mean, you know, you know, this is one of those ones where from a powerlifting perspective, I don't know what the actual number would be. Cause Mm -hmm. like when I squat, I. I I go all the way down like into the hole okay, and so all this. Okay, you really stuff. do it. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not not saying that. It's just that, that that's what I do. Right. Um, I don't even know what my numbers would be right would now. Would you have squat. three plates on each side? You think? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I used to do two that's, and a half that's plates. Um, but yeah, dude. To answer your question, I'm not. I'm not some super strong dude. You're probably strong. If you're working, if you're a powerlifter, you're stronger than me. I'm not. Like, well, not you. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. Okay, Even yeah, if you were a powerlifter, you would be stronger. Yeah. Than well, me. <laughs> I mean, dude, you never know, bro. You know, what I'm saying you think you could take me in a minute, bro. If I'm in a fucking slick suit, yeah, bro. I'm trying to think <laughs> of what the most I benched ever was. It's not, it's not some huge number. It's funny when I was at SEAL Team Two, there was a guy in my platoon who was this little short guy. Mm-hmm. He looked kind of chubby, mm-hmm. and I actually went through SEAL training with him. And he was, he could run faster than me and he could bench more than me. Wow. Yeah. This little, and he was a great guy. He's a great seal. But you know, if you looked at the two of us, you'd be like, oh yeah, Jocko could crush Scott. No, he could run faster than me and bench more huh. than me. You know? Do you think at some point it comes down to this, like people's, mu- there's something different in certain people's muscles, the For way sure. their bodies are built. For sure. There's, there, you, you heard of fast twitch muscle and yeah, slow yeah. twitch muscle. There's another kind of muscle called medium twitch muscle. Oh yeah. And uh, that's what I have. My muscle, I know, likes to watch cold case files. <laughs> I've definitely noticed that. Bro. <laughs> I have. I have a lot of what's called medium twitch muscle. So yeah. if I put a rucksack on, oh yeah, I can go for a long time and not get tired. I can almost I can pretty much run with that. But I would lose in a in a marathon, right? And I would lose in a sprint. But if you put me with a rucksack on, I can go. I can go for a really long time. It's good for grappling, like. Not wrestling, because wrestling's super explosive. Yeah. But for jujitsu, for a long, like, you want to roll for 40 minutes, I'm good, and I'll I'll stay steady that whole time. What professional wrestler did you ever see, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm like that guy? I don't, I, you know, I never really got that into wrestling. Yeah. Into professional wrestling. If you threw some names out, I might be able to remember one or two. Mm. I met Hulk Hogan one time. You did? He was large. Was he? Yeah, he's big. He, like, I guess they all, you, you, you lose uh, perspective when you see him on yeah, yeah. tv but he's he's he was a really big guy yeah dang i think um uh I, yeah i think his daughter had a crush on me for a little bit but i could be making that up but um <laughs> here this guy has a question cool jacko theo first things first this stuff is amazing <laughs> oh wow Secondly, it is good question is <laughs> if a guy is 
upper 20s, early 30s, is it even worth considering enlisting and contributing to eventually the NCO Corps? Or would you recommend every time to go the officer route? And to make this a little bit more broad of a question for the general audience, um, would how would you apply this question to a generic entry-level position at a large organization that's been established for a long time or trying to just go in straight to a management position? Do you understand that question, Theo? Um, I do, but I want to make sure that you do. I guess he means, no, I don't. Okay, so in the military, there's basically two, it's like a caste system, Okay, right? There's officers. Yep. And there's enlisted people. Officers are like the prescribed leaders. Okay. And there's enlisted people, which are the prescribed grunts. Okay. Now, within the grunts, there's a rank structure, and you can advance up that rank structure mm-hmm. on the enlisted side. On the officer side, they're the same thing. You advance as you go forward. Like E8, E4, E3. Yeah, that's that's the enlisted side. Okay. Yeah, so you start of off as an E1. Yeah. And then you go up through E10, E9. I'd be an Ewok, I think. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'd be doing bad. The officer, same thing. Now, the only difference between these two people is the officers went to college. Oh, that's what, that's okay. what happens. So if you go to college, you, you can go in as an officer. It's not guaranteed, but you right. can go as an officer. What I did, I started off enlisted, and I got picked up for this awesome program and got moved over to the officer side. So okay. I, I got to do both. So his question is, he's a little bit older. Should he try and become an officer? And or if that doesn't work or should he go enlisted? Maybe not if it doesn't work because I was going to say here's what you should do You're older. You got some experience in life. If you can try and become an officer. That's fine If you can't because it's it's more selective to become an officer immediately go go into the enlisted situation The other question that people ask me a lot when they're 29 30 years old They got a life they got a family they got a job But they all of a sudden they wake up one day and say man, I don't feel like i've Sacrificed I don't feel like i've i've given enough to the country i want to do something yeah i remember asking you that last time we were on yeah and i probably gave the same answer which is go in the check out the reserves go and see go in the national guard go in the army reserves go in the marine corps go in the reserves so where you do one weekend a month and two weeks in the summertime now you have to remember that you could get called up when we got to the battle of ramadi Mm -hmm. that whole area was controlled by reservists from you know guys that were in the national guard it was national guard unit out of pennsylvania Mm -hmm. They were total studs, but you and they were there for 14 months, I think, wow. fighting. So, you know, these guys were teachers and plumbers and electricians right. and whatever, and all of a sudden they were there Sculptors. fighting. Yeah. So it can really happen. You can't just think, oh, it'll never happen. No, it can absolutely happen. But I think that's a good thing to do. And as far as which one you should go into, I, I mean, I loved the fact that I went in as a grunt. Right and came up and 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 learned. right. There's something romantic about that kind of. Yeah, there's some. Well, there's just in this, a weird way. I guess if you're weird, but yeah, I, I am, but probably. there's also some 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 factual things, right? You learn All what it. it's like. You learn from the front lines what it's like to be a grunt. So now when you get moved over to the officer, you you can at least you, you have the experience the, and you right. you understand it. But that being said. There's great people. That's called a prior enlisted officer. There's some prior enlisted officers that are awesome because they have that experience. There's also some prior enlisted officers that are just as bad as any other officer. And there's officers that never were enlisted that are fantastic. It really boils down to you and your personality and your leadership capabilities. That's what's going to make you good or not. Not the experience you have. Just like 
You know, there's some colleges like the Naval Academy or the Air Force Academy or West Point. Mm -hmm. Citadel. Citadel, you go to four years learning how to be a military man or military woman. And you might think, and I know I thought this, I thought, man, those guys are going to be so good because they have all this this knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's not true. There were some great ones. There's also some bad ones. You could. There were some great guys that went to 13 weeks of officer candidate school and then were an officer, and they were awesome. Some of them were not awesome. So it really, what really matters is what you bring to the table. That's yeah, what matters the most. The RO, I remember the ROTC kids. They used to just end up. They all bought race cars and used to race them out back of the school and everything. And then, uh, and they uh, half of them didn't do shit. I don't think, but. Do you think um, if we <laughs> that fought... was a dead end? If there ever was oh, one, yeah, bro. tell me about it, dude. <laughs> I mean, not you just their personalities, oh, yeah. but that whole story. Oh yeah, it like kind of sunk my heart oh, yeah, a little bro. bit. It I expected sad. it to go somewhere, bro, and then me... it just went to silence, and we me were good. Too. Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah, that's one of those things you scratch off the list of things yeah. to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Dude, look, trust me. When I put that idea in the first gear, oh, I was like, yeah. I was ready to move it no, to it second. It sounded but, good. Yeah out of the gate but man <laughs> went downhill quick. if we if we fought aliens or when we fight aliens yes yeah. or robots do you think we will have a chance yes would you wait robots or i threw robots out there because people are always asking me about the robot wars i think robots yeah i just hope there's no like you know i think robots will be fine I could beat up a fucking microwave. You know what I'm saying, dude? I'll beat the shit out of a toaster yeah. with a bat. But what I'm saying is this, especially if I, if I had fucking a can and a half a go right now, dude. You know what I'm saying? I'll fucking suck, start a Hyundai right now. But what I'm saying is this, aliens, if yeah. aliens come, would you re-enlist? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And who would you take into battle with you? It's just like it's like that movie Armageddon. You got to take five people into battle with you. Oh, I got a list of guys. Yeah. Okay, we'll rattle off a couple, sir. <laughs> well, I can't because they're, you know... Oh, okay. Yeah, they're 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 working. Oh, okay, I see. So we can't use their names because they're working. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, most of them. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, let's say then uh, I had a guy. I had have had a guy on my podcast a couple times. His name is Tony Afratti, mm-hmm. and he, we, he him and I grew up in the SEAL teams together. And then he was one of the platoon chiefs over in Ramadi with me. And I actually started off the podcast saying, "Hey, if there's some." If, if there's a list, there's a, everyone has a list of guys that, hey, if it goes down, I'm bringing him. We're Tony's one of the guys. Tony's in, Tony's huh? He would be out on like a five-day operation oh, yeah. in 120-degree heat, and he'd bring nothing with him but a can of Copenhagen and like a little half-liter bottle of water. Oh, that sounds like doing cocaine out in Vegas. No, no factor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No factor at all. And no no qualms about it no at all. No qualms at all. Wow, making Copen- yeah. Copenhagen soup. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, there's a bunch of guys like that, man. There's a bunch of just guys that are just that's what they're born to do man that's what they're born to do from the jocko podcast man thank you so much bro for coming in dude so it's so awesome man because sometimes life is like you never know kind of what you need and then life kind of like gives you you know it just kind of the where you where you're where you are is where you're supposed to be you know it's like sometimes you don't realize that but i appreciate you being here today man thank you so much dude thanks for having me out man appreciate it yeah now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when I reach that ground I'll share this peace of mind I feel
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.